Want you to get up this morning Skip around like a lamb Well, he's gone God don't never change Oh, always will be gone This is Cynical Sheep And today we got a special guest I'm here with Tony and uh, Noah Rawson Noah, how's it going? What's up? Tony, how you doing? I'm well, Aaron. Uh, busy, busy, uh, but uh, you know, such is life. Good, to, good to be back on. Good to have Noah with us tonight. Yeah. Noah is uh, currently a youth pastor at Bethel Assembly in Jacksonville. Uh, previously, uh, he was a youth pastor at Faith Church in Conway. Mm-hmm. And uh, Noah, tell us about uh, tell us about where you grew up. Uh, that's a, a tricky question because as you know, military life moves you around a lot. So me and my brother would always, <clears throat> I have a twin brother, his name's Alex. And we would always ask ourselves, cause our dad was in the military and we would always ask ourselves, uh, where do we tell people that we're from? Because we were born in North Carolina and after a few years, we moved to Maryland. And then after a few years, uh, we, no, 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 sorry. North Carolina to Japan to Maryland. See, I'm already forgetting. And then we finally moved to where we're at now in Arkansas. And so we never stayed anywhere long enough to call it home. And so we were like, where do we call home? Like, where do we tell people we're from? Do we say where we live now or where we lived, you know, before? So, (laughs) yeah, we moved around uh, quite a bit just every three, four years. And uh, my dad finally retired, gosh, back in can't remember, but he finally retired, retired here in Arkansas. And I've been here for collectively 13 years, 12, 13 years. So. So Jacksonville, so Air Force? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he cool. served uh, 16 and a half years, so. Yeah, you may not uh, be aware of this, but where, where, I, where I'm coming from, you coming to you from, uh, I'm in Bossier City, so another big okay. Air Force town here. Yeah, right outside Bowser City. Is that in Arkansas? No, Louisiana, Northwest Louisiana. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Southern Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm working now, might I think we might touch Louisiana a little bit, but I know we go to Memphis, yeah. so I'm gotcha. not sure about not sure about Louisiana. Gotcha. Yeah. So, were you uh, were you raised in the church? Um, no, uh, both of my parents were when they were, when they were kids and just when just, I don't, I don't have any memories as a kid, as like a young kid, but my parents said, but we tried checking out a couple churches, especially in, in North Carolina, me being like one, two, three years old. I don't remember anything. And so it wasn't until I was about uh, 11 or 12 when we finally moved here in Austin, Arkansas, and uh, we drove down the road. My parents always wanted to find a church. And my mom, uh, what I didn't know before and that I know now is that she always prayed, uh, even though we weren't living that, I guess, necessarily church life. Me and my brother weren't saved. Uh, I do believe both my parents were, but we just weren't <clears throat> in that active uh, church life like they really wanted to be. So we drove down the road. And they saw uh, what's known as the assembly now was called Living Waters. And the reason they pulled in the parking lot is because they 
the church that they tried in North Carolina was called Living Waters. So we pulled in there. Long story short, uh, me and my brother Alex fell in love with the kids ministry. And uh, we just we just stayed there ever since. So over the course of the next 10, 11 years, we stayed there and and really just got involved and got saved and set on fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, looking back on my life, uh, I always just think like what what it would have been like if we found a church. Um, but I'm definitely grateful that I could just look back now. And even though like I'm only 25, but I can look back on my you know, my life and see how God has worked all that out. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, I know a lot of people like the fact that they've been raised in church their whole life and that was just their life. And I'm just grateful that uh, we got to experience several states and countries and then finally found a church family. Cause it was weird at first when my dad retired, we were like, does this mean we're not going to move? Like you know, I don't want to stay in this town. And then we ended up like finding a family and Aaron, Aaron's one of those people. Like he eventually, uh, when we, we eventually met and, uh, just became really good friends with people in the church. So. Cool. So what got you into the ministry? Um, so I have to give credit to, um, David DeBlock, double D as we call him, he was my kids pastor. He's the one that led me to the Lord and uh, really just came alongside of, of, of a lot of kids. And I just happened to be one of those kids that he shared just like, he's still my mentor to this day. And so he's got uh, just an awesome way that he does the kids ministry. And so I fell in love with that. And he allows people to go up on stage with him and, and help teach with puppets and uh, teach a skit or, or something like that and he allowed me to go up on stage and preach a couple times and so at first I was like man I, I could do this uh, like I really feel like I'm called to do this and uh, I thought it was kids ministry at first and then I realized like man <clears throat> as we transitioned into youth ministry like I really love talking with teenagers and uh, like I said when when we started going to church we were like all in pretty much right away and uh, I just loved working along with students. And so as I got older, I just found myself always working with students. And so it was really, uh, I think it was either a year before I graduated or the year after that I really felt called into youth ministry. So it was became pretty obvious after that, that I was like, man, I could do this full time. Um, I, I can't see myself working necessarily. Like I know people have their ministry in the uh, as you say, layman's or the, just the work life. Um, and I just felt a call into full-time ministry as far as, you know, preaching. So. <clears throat> so uh, just out of curiosity that you, you mentioned your, your mom prayed through all those years and, you know, mm-hmm. looked, you know uh, checked out churches here and there. Did, were your parents, did they, did they grow up in church or. Yeah. As far as I know, um, my grandpa was always, uh, I think he was a deacon in the church. And so when my dad was a kid, he would, uh, and my dad was started in a Baptist church and he would see, you know, his dad on stage have like a five minute, um, kind of a preaching of his own. And so <clears throat> that was kind of the influence my dad had as, as far as, as far as some stories he's told me. And so he, he did grow up in church and then like as soon as he turned 18, he joined the military 
And then as far as my mom, she kind of kind of has a similar story. So they both grew up in church, understood, you know, the Bible in, in some sense. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah, you could definitely say they, they grew up in the church. So yeah. And being in the military too, I know like just my experience, it's hard to find, like you said, it's hard to find a, a good home church, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of, I mean, you don't want to drive too far from where you live and everything else, but at the same time, you want to find a good church to take your family. And that's, that's really difficult because, uh, um, a lot of these places where you're stationed, they may be pretty big cities. Like I was in San Diego and there were so many churches, you know, with so many different languages and <laughs> which <I'm> not, <laughs> I only speak one, but, uh, uh, I only found, uh, yeah, well, I found one church I never ended up going. So the whole time I was, I was, you know, in, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't in church at all. Uh, yeah. I remember going one time during boot camp, but it, um, I wouldn't say it was, it was very good uh, theology there that they had at that service. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't care for it. So I just kind of, you know, I didn't throw up my hands then, but when I was in, I was just kind of like, there's, there's no point in me looking, you know? Um, yeah. But so are you, uh, are you bivocational or are you full-time ministry? So when I was in Conway, I was full-time. And this go around, uh, I'm bivocationally at the moment. So me and my wife uh, just started back in October of last year. And um, so, yeah, bivocational, the job I do now, basically I'm a contractor delivering mainly paint for Sherman Williams and uh, some other stuff that whoever contracts us, contracts us out will, will deliver like I've delivered plates for an event center. So, but that's, that's a full-time job. Uh, Sherwin Williams keeps us busy. So I have a, like basically a full-time schedule. I get up pretty much around the same time every day. Uh, but really I I've told people that uh, there's been some challenges, but if I had any other job right now, uh, you know, other than what I'm doing, because uh, the guy I work for goes to my church, he understands that we're in ministry and so I say we, cause the associate pastor also does the same job. <laughs> so he's the one that told me about it. And um, yeah, I'm just really grateful that he told me about this job, because like I said, if it were anything else like corporate, I mean, a friend of mine just basically quit Walmart because that's a company you don't, that just doesn't care about your schedule, care about your normal life. Yeah. So uh, I'm grateful to have, uh, our, you know, our board member at the church is my boss. <laughs> and so, so he's definitely understanding. And, and if I need time off for trips, uh, youth camp coming up this summer, stuff like that. So he's made it really easy. The job I have now, I'm very grateful for it. And uh, maybe been a couple of struggles, but like, I mean, like I said, if it was any other job, it'd be a little bit harder than it is. And it's, it hasn't really been super difficult, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I, I guess I've never really thought about that. Um, I the the pastors I've been closest with that were bivocational, they kind of did something of their own making. So they kind of made their own schedule. Never never really stopped and think about, you know, how important that is. Uh, yeah, yeah, because you kind of gotta. I imagine as a as a pastor, your schedule is kind of all over the place, like like most. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I do know uh, our our goal uh, one day is for us to be full-time as the church, uh, everybody on staff to be full-time because our pastor is very understanding. Like he, for what, 20, 30 years was bivocational and he has only the last year or two has been able to be full-time pastoring. So he's like, my heart goes out to you guys. Like I know the struggle And like every time he says that, I'm like, man, I, I feel like it's, it's like I said, my job, like if there were any other job, it might be a little bit harder, but I'm grateful that it's this job. You know, I don't feel like I'm necessarily suffering. And so I feel like the Lord has blessed us in that way. <clears throat> but uh, there's been a couple of days where I wish, you know, we were full time, but I'm, you know, I still try to remember that I have a really flexible job. So, uh, but yeah, he, he just keeps reminding us that like, you know, one day, We'll, we'll all be full-time and, you know, get to focus on ministry stuff all week. So. Cool. Yeah. Like, uh, Tony mentioned, uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but if you work at any, um, section of ministry, if you're in any kind of ministry, it can eat up, you know, the needs of other people and everything else. And the needs of that ministry could eat up a lot of your time. Mm. So, how do you end up balancing the needs of, you know, the church and your family? Because you have a family as well. You you have uh, yeah. You have a wife. And you you don't have as many kids as Tony, but you know it doesn't matter. <laughs> Nobody does. Aaron. Nobody does. <laughs> Should I take a guess how many kids you got? Yeah, please. Seven. You you are halfway there. Halfway. <laughs> Halfway. <laughs> you said that with a hint of disbelief. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. H- halfway there, bud. Yeah, we we've got family 2.0 now, as I call it. We've kind of uh, started over, and yeah, yeah. Four, Fourteen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> My wife's over there, like, because <laughs> I'm like, look, I just got two, okay, and and it's the struggle sometimes. So I have a two year old. Her name is Missouri, uh, Missouri May, and uh, and then Haven Rawson, uh, Haven James. Um, he's almost ten months old. So, uh, yeah, sometimes it, it is a struggle because uh, I would say more of the, the ministry side because there's no, there's really no definitive uh, criteria <clears throat> or uh, like our church has been very good about scheduling stuff. Uh, but ministry isn't just a job. It's uh, sometimes it is 24 seven because you don't know when someone, you know, like we, we had someone in our church who's basically like their house has been broken into and, and the pastor ran up and, and helped them move their stuff. And, and so there's, there's stuff that goes on like that because the ministry is, is people's everyday life too. It's not just preaching on the stage days and, and right. Sunday morning. That's right. So it, I'd say the struggle has been that because uh, I do desire to be full-time still because I want to be there for every event. You know, we've just in the last six months have tried to make it to basketball games and, and uh, with a, an infant and a two-year-old, it's, it's kind of a struggle, but it's totally worth it. And to be full-time would make that maybe a little bit easier. Um, so I would say the struggle is really on both ends because there's, there's, you can't tell a youth pastor like, Hey, this is everything this entails because sometimes it's, 
uh, you got to help in, in really every, every direction. So, <laughs> so, um, you, you know, you, you mentioned that and you mentioned that struggle. Uh, do, do you feel, do you feel that there's pressure from the congregation or, or, or I guess maybe even from the staff to, to grow the church? To grow the church. Yeah. I think there's, there's always the good kind of pressure because if we are uh, church minded and kingdom minded and there's things that need to grow as far as I'm pretty sure I know what the question is asking is like kind of negative pressure. Like, Hey, this youth pastor's not doing good enough. And, you know, my kid comes home and he still does this and does that. And he, you know, it's the youth pastor's fault as far as that. That's right. That's that's what I subscribe to. It's always been y'all's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Youth pastor or the sound guy. What are the other? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. The two biggest scapegoats (laughs) in the church. If you, if you can't blame it on the youth pastor, blame it on the sound guy. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I've been there too. I've done the sound. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. I'm no, you're good. Uh, You're glutton for punishment. Yeah, I, I would say I have not experienced that um, from this church because <clears throat> really since the since the moment we started, it's been kind of a breath of, of fresh air because as far as churches go, uh, you know, our kids, like we want to make sure they're in nursery and stuff like that. Uh, but as far as as far as growing the church, um, our church has been very, um, very family oriented very uh making sure like everyone's you know basically spirit is in check people are family with one another uh though we have mentioned wanting to do like local missions type stuff so it's like we have we have staff meetings every other week and so one of the first things we do is pray uh, everybody gets a chance to speak and, and say what's on their mind, but also say what's on their schedule, what's coming up. So we, we always have an opportunity to um, speak from our department, but it's also us helping each other out. So as far as from the staff, like they've been very good uh, about communicating with one another. We stay in communication pretty much all week through our, you know, text groups and stuff like that. And uh we just had a staff retreat and that really helped us because I know we've only been there six months and we already got to go on a trip. So, <laughs> but it helped us really get to know them uh, in a different and more deep way, because um, if I can just brag on them, like some of these people are, are the most, like as far as our staff are some of the most uh, basically genuine is the word I'm looking for. Some of the most genuine people I've known <clears throat> And uh, so they've been really good about making sure that we kind of don't feel that pressure. Uh, But like I said, there's always a healthy amount of pressure because if we're not focusing on the church, then what are we doing? You know? So, uh, but as far as the negative stuff and and you could say, you know, I might still be in the, the honeymoon stage of the church, but look, I'm fine with that too, because (laughs) just being at, the assembly i'm not saying recently because i haven't necessarily attended the assembly recently but just as a teenager and me growing up like i saw the drama in the church and that didn't scare me long story short like we can do a totally different podcast about this alone and i'm kind of going off but there's drama in every church uh, yep. there yep. 
there is miscommunication in every church. And so I, that didn't scare me. And so, uh, the, like I said, the good amount of pressure doesn't scare me either. And, uh, this church currently is, is good about, uh, being there for one another, uh, one another, basically. And, and as far as the congregation, like they're very family oriented too. So I don't necessarily, I don't feel that pressure of like, you know, you're not teaching my kid good enough. So you're not good enough. So I, I have not felt that at this church. So, so with you being a youth pastor, what are some pitfalls uh, you'd like to warn the younger generation of Christians to avoid? And uh, how would you advise they avoid them? Um, yeah, I was thinking about this. I, I could think of a couple things. Um, basically, I'm not sure what kind of audience you guys have, but anything. Not much of one. well i'll just be straight up straight up with you guys i feel like we live in a very and you guys know this but we live in a very sexual uh exploitative um kind of culture right now and it's been like that for years and years years before i've been alive biblically like you can see it everywhere but we're at a very interesting culture shift right now so the pitfalls i feel like these days we need to be more careful about really what we watch i'm not saying i've been perfect at this um but i've been more intentional the last year or so um about what exactly what you watch like i'll literally go on my phone and go on imdb and it tells you if there's anything sexual in the movie i won't watch it uh and so I've, I've really, really the last couple of years, I've tried to stay clear of that because I'm like, whatever I'm pouring into me, that's what's going to come out. And so really any temptation um, that could lead to that pitfall, that, that uh, what does it call it in the Bible, that foothold, you know, as soon as yeah. the devil gets a foothold, that's when it becomes harder to get out of it. And so, you know, one thing leads to the next. So I, I would say, to avoid the pitfalls, we need to be intentional about what we're watching, what decisions we make, um, because out of the heart, you know, what does it say? Out of the heart, um, you might have to remind me of the verse, <laughs> the wellspring, uh, yeah. out of the, out of the heart, the things flow, you know what I mean? So whatever you're pouring yeah. in that, you know, the wellspring of life, death, your tongue, uh, will, will come out. And that's why the Bible talks about fruits. And so, uh, we need to be intentional about what, what we're taking in because that's eventually what we're going to be teaching people. Because what, what I always tell any student um, that, I've, that I've talked to is basically <clears throat> uh, you're a leader, whether you know it or not. And if we're going to be intentional about being a leader, then we need to start doing just that. Um, because like I said, if, if you have someone spectating your life and you have someone watching you, then we might as well be intentional about what we're going to do. Not, not to say we're going to put on a show, put on a fake Christian life. No, like we need to come alongside people and be genuine, uh, but you are leading people whether you know it or not. So to, to avoid the pitfalls, I would say sexual temptation is one of the biggest uh, things to get that foothold loose. Um, just, just, just to avoid that. So yeah, and that, and that's good, man. Aaron and I have talked about it a bit on the show uh, in the past. <clears throat> Nowadays, as a teenager, there's just even from uh, you're a young guy. No, even from when you were 
growing up and you know you were the youth age that you were referring to uh things have changed so much i mean everything yeah. is just at your fingertips it's instant you know uh everything is just so much more readily available so yeah that's uh i'm glad you touched on that and uh i think that is important that we're uh intentional about being um about warning our ch children about being intentional uh, the, about what they watch and what goes into the eye gate so that you know um yeah like you said you guard yourself against uh that yeah. foothold right yeah I, I get a lot of uh, a lot of teaching right now uh as i'm on the road i mean i've, I've studied frank turek for a few years uh but i've been blessed to to listen to more podcasts, listen to more really history. I like learn all kinds of stuff on the road. And one of the things he says, and one thing we can always notice in the culture is that really sin and, and people always seem to revolve around three things. And really I kind of condense it to just two, but it's always sex, power, and money. And I think power and money kind of go hand in hand. So really it's like sex and power. That's what yeah. motivates people, people in a sinful life. And so you kind of have to look at the the small things in your life. Like, are you motivated by those things? And sometimes we just need to kind of sit back, see what's really motivating our life. So yeah. that's just something I always keep in mind. And and Frank Turek is, is someone I've you know gotten a lot of teaching from. So no, that's awesome. Uh, do you, do you have? Would you have a? Do you have a message for someone who may be struggling with their faith or uh, with christianity in general yes um one thing i've i've thought of or remembered recently that someone told me a long time ago is that as a christian uh if we want to talk about growing really just personally um have someone that's like older than you as to be your mentor someone that's older than you that way you can teach someone that's younger than you. Be that person that's, uh, you know, that's, you know, the, the older person. But sometimes we need that older person to encourage us. So if you're struggling with faith, uh, it's a lot of the times the trend is it's because they're lonely. Uh, some even sometimes someone can feel lonely, <clears throat> even if uh, even if they're surrounded by a bunch of people. So really just recently is is something i've realized is like in high school the temptation is to think like oh you're the popular one you're surrounded by all these friends but suddenly you graduate and you literally don't talk to any of them anymore so really you're gonna have like two maybe two three or four really good friends uh and not even just friends uh it could be someone you meet after high school like it so what I'm saying is basically find a mentor, someone that's going to encourage you, uh, whether you want to hear it or not. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. even though you might be surrounded by a bunch of people, that is not what's going to encourage your faith. You need someone to tell you that, hey, this is how you encourage your faith. You pray, you read the word. And it's like, even though we hear that a million times over and over, that mentor is always going to be there to remind you in, in some, some applicable way. Uh, in their life, they're going to show them uh, like that. That's what that's what David DeBlock, Double D is like for me. 
you know, I can call him on a whim and, and he'll give me encouragement because he's mature enough to live that life of, you know, he's got a prayer life of his own. And, and, uh, and so anytime I, I call him, he can give me that encouragement because he's had things in his life that he's experienced that he can share with someone else so that, that he can share with me. So I would also say too, um, if you are struggling, like you're not alone because first of all, we're all human. We all fall short. And just yeah. because you don't sometimes feel like God is speaking to you, don't trust your feelings um, because your feelings will, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll attack you. Like they'll, counter-strike you sometimes because sometimes we pour too much into our emotions and i'm not saying emotions are bad this is something i had to learn in my life is that your emotions are a good thing god created those emotions but sometimes we pour too much into the human side of us and we get too sad and, and, and lost in the sadness so uh just sometimes you got to fight those feelings uh, because you're not always going to feel like god is there for you but he still is and yeah. uh so just, just remember that, like, just because you don't feel like you have faith, um, you know, but it helps to have that en encouraging person in your life too, because um, you got to have something else other than your voice rattling around in your head. <laughs> no, so that's there's, all something, there's something else I wanted to say, but I, I think I forgot it, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's all fantastic advice. I, I wish uh, it's crazy through, through, all of those children that come through our home, I, I don't know why they never would believe, um, uh, despite us telling them constantly, and, and it's come true with each one of them, the, the very same thing you said, that when you're, you, you're, you're in high school and you think, you know, the 20 people you associate with that, you know, or even the five, you know, that you're going to be best friends and you're going to be around each other forever. And those are, and it's, it's crazy i mean because even you know even i got one graduating this year and my wife and i'm just talking about it earlier uh kids that we thought uh, and that they thought were inseparable from two years ago <laughs> you know that all of a sudden it's, it's a whole new crowd and everything yeah. else and I'm to, you know and I, as much as i've warned all of them every one of them has told me that's not true. That's not true. We're, I, we're not us. We're going to, you know, it never, but it never is. It never is. You have yeah. one or two friends that you escape with. And um, I think that's some valuable advice uh, that you gave when they're, when they're searching, hopefully some young people are listening or will listen and take that to heart. Yeah. Yeah. And I know me and Tony, me and Tony have preached on this several times over this podcast about, finding a mentor, you know, mm -hmm. uh, or being a mentor and finding a mentor. And I think it's important mm -hmm. that like what you said, Noah, that you surround yourself with, uh, not only people that know the word and everything like, but people that will hold you accountable. Yes. Um, I think you said that you don't, it may not, you may not hear necessarily what you want to hear and that's fine. If I'm out here screwing up, I don't expect Tony to pat me on the back and tell me what I'm good job, what a good job I'm doing of messing up. My exactly. Life. No, I, I mean, yeah. and this, I think this is why, uh, uh, why me and Tony have always got along so much because, uh, I don't feel like he's ever pulled any punches with me, you know, <laughs> when, when, it, when, you know, when it was, when it was needed, 
and and I respect I respect that in people. I don't uh, I don't I mean I'm a, I'm a fully grown man. I don't need to be coddled. And if I'm on the wrong path, if I know I'm on the wrong path, maybe I need to be reminded like, hey, uh, you you know better than to act like that. You know. Our our pastor had a pretty good message just this past Sunday about uh, basically. You know, as a Christian, you're growing up and it's really like the the natural way of, of growing is like you start out as a baby Christian and then you're kind of like a young adult Christian where you're you're taking like you're really intentionally taking it all in. But then one day you're going to become an adult Christian where you've got to start teaching it. Uh, and in order to teach it, you have to know how to feed yourself. And so um, basically you go from the bottle to to the, the dining table he had set out in front of the stage. And he's basically like, you can either settle for the bottle or come to the table where the Lord has a buffet of options, a buffet of things that he will give you if you accept them. And so it's it's about really maturing um, because physically our bodies mature and then spiritually our, our spirits want to grow with the Lord. And I think this is why... Uh, I think this is why depression creeps in sometimes because our spirit really doesn't belong uh, to this world. Um, but our bodies, if we're not intentional, our bodies uh, kind of have this tear between our body and our spirit. And so if we're not intentionally feeding ourselves and trying to seek the Lord ourselves, we're never going to grow up. You know, we're never going to learn to discipline our body and be one, you know, one with our, our spirit to God, because that's the side that belongs with God, not, not this body that we're in now. And so I don't actually remember your question, but <laughs> I think that answered it. <laughs> that's good. So, so basically find a, find a pastor that, that's, uh, that's going to teach you how to use a spoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what it is yeah, too. But- it's like, I'm not saying you don't need to go to church. You don't, cause that, cause the body of Christ is, is a thing that works together. So like, you need to be a part of a church. Cause I've heard people, um, this is a few years ago when me and my brother just randomly went to Little Rock and we were just going to start praying over people. And this one lady, she said, uh, Oh, I, I just, I'm just up in the mountain in my house and I pray to God every single day and I read my Bible. And, and, uh, I'm like, look, I get that. But like the Lord didn't tell us to, to get saved and just keep it to ourselves. Like you can't just hide up in the mountain. Like you, you know, you got to go to church to be, you know, going back to the faith question, like to encourage one another, but also learn why we're doing this and, and teach it to someone else. So that's right. Yeah. Growth, growth in a different way, a yeah. good growth. Yeah. Nah, yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's different kinds of growth, right? Growth personally, growth in your, uh, your own walk. And then, you know, the, the bad side we, we talked about is possible earlier, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, some growth is good. Growth is good. Yeah, because things things can hurt, but it can still grow, still grow you if you right. allow it to. Yeah, the good thing about church is uh, going to church. You know, it's it's easy and it's convenient to sit at home. Uh, you can watch it online and everything else now. Um, it's easy to do that, and hmm. it's a it's a great tool for people that cannot get out. You know, it's a great resource. Yeah. Uh, but at, at the same time, you know, the church is made, you know, in, inside the church, you have people that are people that are well and people that are sick and mm-hmm. people that are hurting and people that aren't, you know, or that have that have recovered from their hurt. 
and uh, people that are poor, that people that have resources, you know, abundant. And you get all these people together and that's, you know, to be able to help each other and to be able to grow together, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because if you don't have people that are sick, then the ones that are well don't have anybody to pray for, you know, and it, 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 you become a blessing to each other is I, it, this is how I, this is how I view church. It's not just something uh, that I do because it's what you do on Sunday. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a way to rendezvous with your creator, uh, worship, and also help your community, your, yeah. your family, yeah. which is what it is. Your family grow as well in the Lord. Yeah. I think that's one thing that's cool about, about church too, is you learn how to worship God together. Because if you think about it, like as, as many times non-believers want to say, you know, church is just an organization it's a bunch of hypocrites, like really the, the Lord and the church, I think brings people together more than anything we see right now and more than anything we've seen in history. And so like you, you have to argue with that fact. If you say that the church you know, is just an organization like the church really and the Lord really teaches you how to exist yeah. with maybe some people you wouldn't want to be next to, you know, on a normal yeah. day. So, right. so the Lord, the Lord teaches us that that's um, right. in plenty of ways. So that's what the church is for is to be a body that works together. So that's right. That, that's what we were, des- we were designed for community. We were designed for fellowship. That's the way we were designed. And so we're actually living outside of that design when we decide that, you know, I'm going to isolate myself intentionally isolate myself, yeah. and, you know, not be a part of, uh, the body of Christ. So, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately we see uh, way too many examples of trying to go against the design rather than, mm. uh, you know, trying to do it within God's design. So right. uh, I think that's one, one word that's come to my mind so many times just the last couple of years is just being intentional mm. uh, because we will mess up Um and, and we do need to depend on the Lord's strength. And so we need to be intentional about like accepting that help, but also if we're not intentional about teaching it and saying that like, Hey, I live in the same world you do. I struggle, even though I'm a Christian. And then people see that and they're like, well, maybe I can be a Christian too, because I thought it was just a bunch of perfect hypocrites. <laughs> like, like nah. no, it's, it's not a bunch of just, just there's hypocrites, like every single one of us, but we're definitely not perfect. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was going to say too that, like, you know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And I think one thing, one, one way you can grow in maturity is when he realized that, like, hey, I can be grateful when I had little and I've known to, to get by with a little and to get by with a lot. That's mm-hmm. a very mature Christian right there. Yeah. So that was, that was that intention to my life is going to worship God, whether I have a little or a lot. So that's the maturity that you can really start teaching others when you reach that point. Yeah, that's good. Noah, we appreciate you coming today. Yeah, we did. Talk with us. Enjoyed yeah, it. And uh, we, we might need a whole nother show dedicated to that topic earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> yeah, I'd love to do it. Love to do it. Have you back and just go yeah. over that topic sometime. So, yeah. 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 This week, I want to I want to say a uh, shout out to Ireland. We got two new ones, Ireland and Austria. But, <laughs> but we're still number one in Belgium. We got a new listener in Belgium. So Belgium, oh. you're doing great. Get some more. Yes. That's right. Tell your friends, Belgium. That's right. <laughs> Is that what you meant when you said global? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get we'll we'll take what we get. <laughs> They're all right here, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In this on this podcast. <laughs> uh, gotta start somewhere. Yeah, that's gotta right. Somewhere. That's yeah. right. <laughs> well, guys, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Noah, thank you for coming. Thanks, Noah. Thank you. Tony. As always, thank you very much. Appreciate you being here. Thank you, Aaron. And thank you for the technical difficulties that give us patience. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see y'all next time.